0: On this week's episode of GameSpot After Dark, we are joined by the freelancer extraordinaire Funke Joseph to talk about Mafia Definitive Edition, the Bethesda Acquisition, and the state of next-gen console pre-orders. Hello and welcome to episode 6-0 of GameSpot After Dark. I'm your host, Jake Decker, and joining me this week is Lucy James.
1: Hiya! Hiya! Callie Plaguey. Hello.
2: And Funke Joseph. Howdy, gamers. Thank What's you for up? joining us. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me.
1: We're so excited to have you because you've done yeah. some reviews for us, some some like cool content. Now we get to talk to you face to face. Well, like it sort of, sort of. Face-to-face.
2: Yeah. Zoom to Zoom. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> when when I told Callie, I like reached out to see if you wanted to be on. She was like, I have to be on that episode, please. I need to be on that episode. <laughs>
2: No, yeah. I, I guess I've been freelancing for a couple of years now. And this month, I guess, marks the one year I've been like doing stuff with GameSpot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's super exciting. Thank you all for having me on. It's been a blast.
3: Thank you for joining us. Seriously. Mm-hmm. You, your name is always one that I see like pop up all the time, but I've never really <laughs> yeah, interacted with you. Because you're hilarious
1: all. on Twitter, so I just oh. get retweeted <laughs> into my timeline constantly. And I'm like, Thank yeah. You. <laughs>
2: Oh my gosh. Oh, the the blue site. It <laughs> is... It is... I don't know. I have such a bittersweet relationship with that website. It's so much like chaos and also some sometimes funny stuff. But yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the tagline of Twitter.com.
2: <laughs> yeah. Gotta strike a balance.
0: <laughs> what that balance is, I have no clue. I don't think anyone truly knows. But right. <laughs> gotta figure it out somehow. But anyway, we start this show off with what we've been playing, but... Since we've got a guest here, we're going to start with the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. Chris. Not quite in <laughs> sync, but it is pretty good. No, I, I think, I think like we the- kind of need like to more here, you know, to spearhead it.
3: it. Well, also, if we had time here, he could provide the bass. Callie
1: and I are very, we're up. Yeah, uh-huh. so yeah.
2: It's true. That's a really it's- good theme song. It's, it's, it's the Chris comes original. in like very <laughs> hey, smoothly at the end.
1: It's an original composition.
0: So. Oh, is it though? <laughs> But anyway, this is the segment where uh, you have an opportunity to introduce yourself. Uh, you can kind of tell us whatever you'd like, whether like your favorite games, games that you always returned to, how you got into this industry, what your favorite food is. I mean, you can tell us
2: whatever, whatever you'd like. Oh, this is, this is awesome. Um, uh, okay, I've been freelancing in the industry for a couple of years now. Uh, wow, yeah, a couple of years. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, I'm still a student, but when I have free time, I love to, like, write and talk about games. Um, they're very cool and silly, and I just feel like there's a lot to explore and dig into, like, how they affect and reflect real life. Uh, and, yeah, I just feel really lucky to be able to explore that as, like, a job. Um, I write features and stuff for places like IGN, Vice, Paste Games, Fanbyte, PC Gamer... Uh, and I do like streaming on Twitch. I, I do variety streams, play a lot of fun games with my friends. Uh, yeah. Okay. Favorite games. <sighs> Recently, I beat Control, and that has been on my mind. I, it's like already one of my faves. I'm like, dang, this game is crazy yeah. cool. It's so good. Yes, it is the whole aesthetic. And uh, I don't know, I just dig it. Um, Mirror's Edge is also top notch. I love parkour. Uh, and I can't do it, so that is that is what I play. Um, yeah, uh roguelikes, like narrative games, also fighting games. I'll beat anyone in Smash Bros. Uh Ooh. Ooh, yeah. that's that's a Big Woods. That's <laughs> a
1: big challenge.
2: Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is my game. I play Lucas and it's ice cold at the time. Oh
1: say. no, you know who also plays <laughs> Lucas? You know who? who also plays Lucas? Who? This guy. <laughs>
0: everyone loves it when i play lucas they just love the pk
2: freeze and then it's just Should like we? Fucking we love lucas. That? yes okay. it is so i was it was christmas and my cousin played lucas one time and just like kept freezing me and i was like is this allowed like does nintendo know this is in the game uh so i just picked up the character too he's a great little guy I know. So good. I don't I don't get why people hate him so much.
0: I think I think he's great. The, the whole PK fire PK freeze combo is is great.
2: No, not <laughs> great.
1: Um I no, now I'm just mad. I just mad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I also started freelancing as a student, so that was really exciting when we picked you up as a freelancer for reviews, because that's kind of how I got my start in the industry um and i've oh, really nice. liked reading your features at other sites so it's been awesome to work with you and also to have you on the show um i'm i'm just very excited i don't want to play smash with you though i think i would just get upset
2: <laughs> come on we gotta <laughs> run some games I, I, it is so much fun
1: i have no place talking about how annoying lucas is when i play down b kirby like <laughs> I, have I can't talk i i it's not fair <laughs> but i still find lucas so annoying
2: he is he is (laughs) no but thank you so much I I really appreciate that
1: oh yeah and and what is your favorite food I think that was a question Jake that's a new one we're talking about I just kind of
0: randomly threw it in there we used to have that whole list of questions remember that we'd go through but it was
2: too much to read
3: read (laughs) it It was very long
2: my favorite food okay uh I gotta say like a nice Montreal bagel like cream cheese and butter that's it Maybe a bit of salmon on that? Yes.
3: My roommate would approve. She is from Montreal and nothing here. No
1: bagels here to compare, apparently.
2: They're built different. They just fundamentally are built different in Montreal. I don't know how they're doing it, but
1: I I didn't know Montreal was known for its bagels. But mm-hmm. I somebody told me, I think it was Mike Mahardy, friend of the show, that the reason New York bagels are different from San Francisco bagels has something to do with the water. And I was like, it could just be Mike bullshitting me. (laughs) Sounds
0: like Mike bullshit.
1: (laughs) It might not be. (laughs) So I just was like, that's a new fact that I know. And then I didn't Google it.
3: Well, that's the thing about Mike bullshit is that every so often he has a little truth in there. Yeah and which makes you can't even you can't trust him yeah
0: he, he texted me the other day saying happy birthday and i was like immediately i was like what's this about you know when my birthday <laughs> is he's like i'm i'm doing a bit from the office and i was like oh it's your birthday happy birthday mike
3: was it his birthday <laughs> and it i was, missed it, it? it his birthday oh yeah. no happy i feel bad to mike Mahardy. wait i bet you i bet you he texted me on that day but just about something completely different
2: Oh, no. No,
0: (laughs) Well, anyway, we should move on to what we've been playing. Lucy, do you want to start with this? Because that's not a game that you have there.
3: Uh, Well, it's because the prompt says what we've been playing or doing. And while I have been playing a bunch of Hades, which is fantastic, um, Callie, you and I have talked about it a little bit, about just how attractive everyone is in that game. They're so pretty. (laughs) Everybody Everybody
1: is so hot in that game.
2: It's It's ridiculous.
3: Uh. It's also a very, very fun game. Uh, But I watched Console Wars yesterday and, oh, we won't be able to say this for much longer, a fine CBS property (laughs) because it's my whole (laughs) access. But um, it's based on the book by Blake Harris, which I'm actually in the middle of reading and it kind of follows the, the rise of Sega. If you've never read Console Wars, it follows the rise of Sega in the 80s and early 90s and it is wild how many people they've got to appear on, uh, like to be interviewed, um, like all of Nintendo's top marketing people, people from uh, like Tom Kalinski himself uh, from the Sega side and like that, watching it back now, it's like succession or something just in terms of how they all backstab each other and, you know, people go from Sega to Nintendo and vice versa and... The incredible moment at E395 when, you know, like a guy who used to work at Sega went up and completely undercut Sega on stage because uh, he then went to work for Sony. And like, Whoa. yeah, yeah it's oh, it an incredible moment. So uh, Sega announced that the Saturn would be coming out now for $399. And then this guy who used to work for for Sega now works for Sony, went on stage to talk about the PlayStation 1 and he just goes... 299 and then left
1: what it's like incredible. a
3: mic drop the mo- the biggest mic drop moment i've ever seen uh it's on youtube i think it's called like the price heard around the world if you want to just watch the clip but they have some incredible access uh they have all of these like they talk to the uh the brand people who are behind the Sega stuff and like looking <laughs> sorry, back at
0: you, you do that again that I was oh, amazing absolutely not,
3: absolutely not. <laughs> sorry i didn't uh, catch that <laughs> Um, you rewind, <laughs> uh, but it's it's really cool. Really cool look at um, the kind of growth of you know Sega, and then even just a little bit of look at the uh, the Hatspa on Sony. Even way back then, uh, it's only 19 minutes as well, which I feel like it speeds through a lot, and it definitely I think assumes you have a lot of knowledge on Sega and Nintendo, like at least current Sega and Nintendo or have some kind of background but with I think the total could...
2: of the doc is 17 minutes
3: oh 90 sorry 19 oh 19 so it could i feel like it could have been a three-part series um just to give things a little bit more time to breathe but they do they get through so much it's really cool
1: especially for those of us who were children in the 90s who yeah. just remember being like i want to play the mario game <laughs>
3: They have a lot of footage of kids opening Nintendo and Sega at Christmas, and there's one very, very adorable one where it's a boy that just opens the the present, and he just goes, "It's it's a, a Sony PlayStation," and then he just immediately bursts into tears and goes, <laughs> "Hugging," he goes to hug his dad. And I was like,
1: "Oh, it's so sweet. That's so
3: cute." But yeah. also, it's it's like one final thing on it. It's the um. You know how nowadays you get kind of like small digs between Sony and Microsoft? You know, mm-hmm. Sony taking the piss with that video of um, how to share games, like Microsoft being cheeky with memes and stuff. Back then, the stuff that Sega would do to get one over on Nintendo was incredible. They would have these adverts just totally
1: shitting on Nintendo. <laughs> Sega does what Nintendo
3: Yeah, mm. pretty much. And like... Just, like, you know, um, there was one advert that I'd never even seen before. It was, like, other uses for Nintendo Game Boy. And it was, like, putting it in the bin and, like, flattening meat with it. Oh. <laughs> Incredible. Um,
0: it
3: and... really
2: sounds like Succession.
3: Yeah, it's, it's basically, like, Succession.
2: Just What made them stop, like, being so aggressive with the ads and, like, being so antagonistic, do you think?
3: Because uh, Nintendo did it to them. <laughs> like yeah Nintendo totally swapped their marketing around they did to them uh and then Sony came around um Mm. but it's it's a really cool like and also I I like just this you know we're at this point in time where we can have cool video game documentaries I haven't Mm -hmm. seen the high school stuff on Netflix yet but I did really enjoy that one from a few years ago about um the Atari landfill filled with ET cartridges that was really cool um yeah, Console Wars.
0: Nice. Uh, Callie, how about you?
1: Um, well, we talked about it last time, so I won't <laughs> talk about it in depth, but I have been playing Splunky 2. I didn't play the original, and I'm really mad that I didn't um, because I've been enjoying it a lot, um, and the music has been stuck in my head. So I just got this like cool like like drum beat going in my brain at all times. Um, so that's fun. And then I also finished my rewatch of Avatar The Last Airbender i nice. very
2: emotional. How's mom, that?
1: Oh my, I love it so much. It's my favorite show ever. Also, the Ember Island Players is the best recap episode of TV history. It's so good. <laughs> and my mom has seen Legend of Korra. I haven't. So my mom was like, we should watch Legend of Korra. And I was like, I'm not emotionally <laughs> there yet. Like, I, like, I'm not ready for like half of these people to be dead. I need like a little bit. So that's where I'm at. And then, you know me, I watch 90 Day Fiance. I have a good time.
0: Play Animal Crossing. I do want to bring things back to Spelunky just quickly, because last week Damn. I did say that uh, the online was in like a very bad state, and it was really hard to do any online matches or any online gameplay at all. Uh, it seems like they fixed that now. Played some with Callie. I've played some with a few other people, and the online is much better now. Uh, so if you are interested in Spelunky 2, and you listened to me last week say that the online was broken – Uh, and you've been waiting it it seems like those kinks have been worked out now
1: yeah it's a lot more stable I also think like one of the cool things about it is that it's pretty balanced between like the difficulty level playing by yourself and with other people because if you're playing with somebody if you die you turn into a ghost so you can kind of like help out you have like a little you have an attack and you can aid the other player um, which is handy but when you're playing by yourself or when you're playing with somebody, like you still have to manage like other aspects that make it tricky. So the ghost thing doesn't make it too easy. So it seems mm-hmm. really, really well balanced. It's hard. It's a hard game. Mm. Like, yeah.
0: I don't know how many runs I've done, but I think I've only made it to like world three, four is yeah. the furthest I've gotten. I don't even know how many worlds there are. Uh, I think five maybe, but I, I don't know. Um, but I'm excited to keep playing it. Mm-hmm.
2: Funky, what do you think of control? Oh, I'm I'm loving it. I'm I, I don't know. I, I played through it in a week after nice. putting it off for over a year. I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is like game of the year. Then I was like, oh, it came out last year. I forgot. <laughs> I've just been so like in my like work loops and like not even noticed. But uh yeah, there's something just about that office setting. It's like painted in this like haunting sci-fi sheen. It's just like very creepy uh and like while you're exploring the whole uh building and you just like look up and then you'll see a body floating just like suspended in midair and I was just like whoa this is like it maintains that intensity the whole time even when you're just like walking to like some short objective
0: Mm -hmm.
2: uh it's very very fun uh and the way I don't know it's like my favorite superhero game because the way it introduces your powers it's just like I didn't even realize I was going to be able to fly until (laughs) it gives you the power like what halfway through and I was just like oh like the whole level, level design changes and you can just like float up high and use your telekinesis from the sky. It It's just like solid game from front to back. It's very, very cool.
1: Yeah. And then you have those like Metroidvania style elements of like, you realize like, oh, that weird thing I saw now I can actually do something with it because I have this new ability. And so you keep learning the oldest house. And I think that's one of Control's strengths. What did you think of the checkpointing? Because I know that was like a big thing for people and it it didn't bother me too much i was able to get through it okay but it has has, changed now though it has changed a little bit huh so you're gonna have a a, probably a smoother experience than we did at launch
2: was there something wrong with it i died so many times and just like i thought i was gonna be somewhere i was like well i surely must be like past this point that i killed 500 people at right and then it put me like all the way back to the start that happened a couple times Mm -hmm. but I I trudged through it. I was streaming that too. Is it, it was so s- sad, like being stuck on a point like that and going so far back. Is...
1: <laughs> You're like, all right, crew, let's uh, go <laughs> run it back.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I was lagging, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did, did you like- play the DLC at all? No, but I looked at the trailer mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, it's, it seems very spooky. Um, so I think oh I'll, yeah, I'll AWE
3: Mm-hmm. it's i i preferred AWE to um i liked foundation because foundation had a new environment but i found a lot of the puzzles as in like you have to uh you go into this big i don't even know how to describe it there's a couple of puzzles and like a couple of areas that you have to navigate and i was like i'm just gonna open a walkthrough because this <laughs> is a bit much
0: um i, I think i like foundation more actually
3: Oh, see, so I... Because AWE is, like, all, you know, Alan Wake stuff. And the idea of Remedy just, like, fully embracing this connected remedy verse is just way more appealing to me. Um, but also, Foundation has two bugged trophies, and they're the only trophies that I need. And that's okay. why I have resentment. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid it makes because sense.
1: I got the platinum in the base game, and I, like, want to continue that streak. Because, I, I mean, I was... What I was going to ask you, Franke, is like, what was it like to read? Did you read a lot of the lore on stream? Because like, I got so into that and I chased all the trophies to get the lore.
2: Yeah. So I, I played that game like on and off stream. I was just like, it was kind of like my my game that I could play outside of work. That wasn't like, I wasn't writing anything on. I was just like playing it for my own time. So when I was on stream, I would notice like the files that I was getting were super interesting. And, and the stuff that they redacted uh i started like reading that and talking to a couple of the npcs but then i realized the story actually goes like pretty deep so i was like i don't really want to do this on stream like i will do this like on my off time and yeah there's so many collectibles that you can just like pick up and be like oh like oh so that's what this room is like i think a really funny part was like kind of like a little part in the plot where the guy is like looking at the fridge forever uh, yeah. He's like, hey, can like, can you get someone to yeah. like help me? I was like, oh, that's so weird, and that like prompted me to look up more of the collectibles and be like, what's going on here? And then mm-hmm. figuring out more about like the altered world objects and stuff, I was like, oh, this is this is exactly my shit. Like, this is mm-hmm. I love the lore here.
1: Have you played Alan Wake?
2: I have. I played a chunk of it. Uh, I was like recording something with my friend, but the levels were off, so I just like I got upset and I quit the game. But it was <laughs> the super. It was super cheesy and I loved like how much he wanted to find his wife and he was just like where is she with the light um it was it was a fun one how do they tie it to uh control in the DLC uh
3: house, i mean you should have seen bits of it in the base game really? um as in like oh, bright yeah. falls being a uh an awe like a an altered world event. So just like where Jesse and her brother find the the object, like the ordinary. I think that's the town. Is like the ordinary dump site. Yeah. How that is somehow connected to the oldest house. It's a very similar thing with Alan Wake. And um, then I won't get in too deep into spoilers, but obviously, okay, yeah. like the fact that the guy who plays Alan Wake also plays Doctor Darling, <laughs> like. Isn't even really that so, big of a deal. Well, like, like meta not, connections. It's, it's yeah, like, it's the whole thing is so meta. And it's so the same cool. actor. Yeah, yeah Matthew what? Peretta, yeah. who, like, ah, Casper Darling, absolutely stole my heart. I love him. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool, and like, it's got me really wanting to play Alan Wake again because I haven't touched that game in... Ten years, Aww. yeah,
0: uh, I was just gonna say i re- I replayed it after playing control the first time, and i i I think it still holds up pretty well, like kind of like what you were saying it is it is cheesy, but it kind of works in that mm-hmm. whole thing because it's supposed to be like you know he he's like a pulp fiction writer, and the story is just kind of like pulpy and and a little absurd, but like it's a lot of fun.
3: I remember yeah. everyone taking the piss because it was like, oh, he's an author. He must be about like Stephen King. and I think. Stephen King are the two first words that you hear in Control, in <laughs> Alan Wake, sorry. Like he's doing his voiceover and he's like, Stephen King once said. Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: that's exactly how it starts. Yeah. It's like a quote from Stephen King. <laughs> I remember reading about that game in like an official Xbox magazine, like oh, being dude. like, here's the little demo to put in your 360 or whatever. Yeah. Like that, yeah, that, that game looked very creepy from the whole aesthetic right from mm-hmm. the start.
0: Yeah, I definitely recommend finishing it or checking it out, Cali, especially if, you know, it seems like Remedy is doing this whole connected universe thing with all their games and it'd be interesting to see what they do next Uh, Um, because, you know, Alan Wake too, hopefully, but we'll see. Anyway, I've been playing Mafia Definitive Edition, which is a game that I want to love so much, but it's got a lot of problems. (laughs)
3: Uh, like oh, no. what? because I was I was into that, like I never played Mafia, but I was kind of getting hyped about. Uh...
0: So, I, I mean, I think it's still pretty good. Like, it's just not like the, the story and the characters and a lot of the writing, I think, is really good. The way it's structured, I love. I don't know if you guys played Mafia 3, but the way that game was structured was very different from the other Mafia games. What this one does is that it takes place in an open world, but there are different levels within that. So basically it kind of cuts out all of the driving around and going from one objective to the next, which is something that I really like. And it's something that I hope games explore more just because it really streamlines open world games and it solves that issue of like, of like, okay, I have this really pressing thing I have to do, but you know, first I'm just going to drive around and like, And like I don't know, run over a couple pigeons or shoot pigeons or whatever you're doing, like GTA Four, you know. (laughs) So specific. Uh, Well, it's a GTA Four reference. You'd like your side thing would just be to shoot pigeons, which was really (laughs) stupid and very rock star, I guess. Very like 2007 rock star whenever that came out. Yeah. Uh, but but it gets rid of a lot of that, which I think is great, and it really is able to put focus on the story, which is good. It is like, it is like 20 short stories. Like mafia short stories that are all tied together through one uh I guess one narrative thread of the main character speaking to a cop. Uh it it a lot of these little scenarios and short stories are pretty uh cliche, I would say, but I think the way it does it is like I I don't know. You can really see like the references and the homage they pay to a lot of these great like gangster movies and stuff like that. So like that aspect is really cool. And a lot of those levels I think are a lot of fun. Some of them are kind of dumb and particularly there's a race car one, which was infamously broken in the, the original game that they have since fixed, which is nice. Uh, But like story-wise, I think this game nails it. Like it, it sets the mood and, and setting too. The setting is great. Like it's like in this Chicago-esque city mm-hmm. and it like you'll be driving around, you'll drive through a tunnel and, and you'll be listening to the radio, but the radio will cut out when you're in the tunnel. Nice. Uh, or, or the frequency will change like, you know, and with nice FM radios dragle. and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. It, it's really cool. Or you'll be driving around all of a sudden there'll be like a, 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 a like a speech from, Herbert Hoover will come on the radio and it just, it's so good at setting that stage and that setting in place. Like all of that is great, but the combat is like, it's like so simple, not, not even simple, like simple's not necessarily bad. It's just like so boring and it doesn't even really fit with the story. Right. Cause the story, especially now that the game looks so much better and is trying to tell this like serious story, but then it's like a very, PS2 gameplay moment where it's like okay you made it through there now you got to beat up all these guys who are <laughs> oh, who are God. talking to your to your future wife or whatever and then there's like this you just fight like you just like getting like a brawl with 16 guys out of nowhere or like you'll be walking through an area and it'll be like all right now all these mobsters are here with guns cuz we need to have a we need to have a gunfight here mm. and it just feels so unnecessary mm. and it, like you can tell it's really like trapped in those, I don't know when that game came out, 2002 or whatever. So like that side of it really doesn't work but like the story is still really good and it's not that long. I think it took me around eight hours, eight and a half hours to finish. Oh,
1: That's surprising. Yeah, it's the same with our reviewer. I think it was nine hours.
0: Yeah. So I mean like, I don't know. It's also $40 which is something that I know our reviews don't typically touch on. Uh, So you know, if you're kind of on the fence about this game but that price entices you i mean i i think it's worth it It, i've been having a lot of fun with it uh that said i do find it very frustrating because it it seems so close to being like a great game but it just it misses the mark because like the gameplay is just stuck in the past and
1: this is very uh jake's feelings are very close to our review which you can now read on Gamespot. um so go check that out there's like details and screenshots and you can see it looks really good like the game looks modern I think that's Mm -hmm. like the dissonance right like it looks really modern and then there's these like very antiquated systems that get in the way um because I mean you're playing it you're like expecting it to be one way and you're like oh I forgot this game's old (laughs) yeah (laughs) it it is old for a little while
0: the best moments in that game for sure are just like when you're driving around at night in the rain and like the neon is reflecting off the puddles on the ground. And especially like I was playing on PC with like a 2080 TI. So there's ray tracing and it looks, I think there's ray tracing, even if it's not there, it looks really good. And like I was saying, like you'll be driving around in the rain and there'll be a radio broadcast that'll come on. That'll be like, you know, in like the old 1930s voice, like if you're driving around right now, you got to head home. Yeah. See, Ah. exactly. Like that sort of thing. And and like those moments are so cool. Like it just, it does such a good job of putting you in that time and place until it's like, all right, here's, here's 60 mafia dudes with submachine guns. Now you got to kill them all. And it's like, it's like, all
3: right.
0: Like, all right. Okay. Yeah. Like it, like it makes sense for a game, but it's like it's trying to take itself seriously. Like there's a scene where you mow down all of these all of these dudes and you get to the last guy who's like the story guy and and the main character's like having regrets about it, and he's like, Oh, I I shouldn't do this. Like I feel bad about this. Like you just killed all of his friends. Like, why do you care? Like we're way past that point, dude. <laughs> Ludo
1: narrative dissonance, eh?
0: <laughs> There's the word. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm glad someone did. <laughs> but anyway, with that, let's move on to topics for the week. And we're back. The first big story we have here is that Xbox buys Zenimax, uh Bethesda Studios, all of that. What?
3: Yeah, what? It was
0: big. We're we're a couple days late now. This happened Monday, uh, but we record Wednesday. It goes up Friday, so we're probably the last people to talk about this in this industry. But what the hell? We'll talk about it anyway. Uh, the main thing, I guess, to take away is that it was a seven point five billion dollar deal, which is absurd. <laughs> okay, Doctor Evil. <laughs> billion. <laughs> uh. Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo will still come to PS5 first, um, because that was a exclusivity deal that they had struck before. But after that, Big Phil is in charge. Thank you for using his correct
3: name. Did yeah, you see, I'm sure we're gonna use it a lot. Wait, did you see um there was a Major Nelson, Big Phil, Pete Hines, mm-hmm. and Todd Howard podcast? I did. And there is a moment in it where Pete Hines says, he's talking about his dogs and he says, they're big Phil fans. And I know he's saying they are big fans of Phil, but in my head canon, it's he's using the name big Phil. And I feel like that's something that GameSpot should be proud of because we've put that out into the world.
0: (laughs) That was such an interesting interview because like Phil or or Todd and uh, Pete like didn't seem ready for any of the questions.
3: (laughs) the i i clipped it out and i put it i tweeted it out but the way that major nelson zoomed in on todd's face and went starfield what's up
0: yeah he like, is like he like cut to him beforehand and was like <laughs> starfield and todd was like i i forget he said something along the lines like i can't believe there's this much hype for a game that no one's seen anything yeah, about so good
1: what a reply so good god howard <laughs> a lot of people on twitter were analyzing the um from that interview analyzing everyone's bookshelves to see if there's oh, anything yeah. interesting um, Todd's got a lot of Indiana Jones Todd's got a lot of stuff
3: yeah. and
1: and Big Phil has I think he had a, a series S as well that's everybody... his wife's
3: office that was the big revelation for me was that that's really? not even Phil's office it's his yeah. wife what secret he doesn't in an office, office? <laughs> uh yeah I don't know, just um,
0: like a anyway. battletoad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a battletoad chair. Yeah. Just like, uh or Joanna Dark,
3: I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't remember Joanna Doc's name. You <laughs> battletoad?
2: Have you sorry, this is completely unrelated, but have you guys seen Ready Player One? The yes. Movie? There's yeah. Battletoads in that. I just yeah. watched it. They're just walking around. They're quite it's... a quite a movie.
1: What a, <laughs> what
3: honestly, a film. <laughs> I thought it was fine. I quite enjoyed it. I had a nice time. They made a lot of really good changes because the book is
0: oh, the book problematic. Is, I, I listened to the audiobook when I worked at like a, uh, a warehouse and I remember thinking it was terrible,
3: they but make a everyone lot of good said changes, the like movie it, was pretty good. It's, it's Spielberg, like just
1: fun shit. I
3: just, like, I
1: want everyone to know. I did this last week with the Jar Jar Binks Lollipop. I'm gonna share another horrible thing with you all. Ernest Klein, the author of Ready Player One, wrote something. It's like a poem, I think, called oh no. Nerd Porn on Tour. And if you want to read it, it is the worst thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> so what I'm is at, this? I'm at it's it. a poem about how he's a sapiosexual, basically. <laughs> About how he wants a woman who likes nerd things and not big titty. So, um <sighs> Lucy's currently reading it. You can tell.
2: Wait, going to read it out loud for us. Uh,
1: oh sorry. Before you buy
3: Ready Player One tickets, read Ernest oh. Klein's horrifying porn poetry. Shout out to Huffington Post for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um just, oh
3: my, you know... I can't read this out. No, no, no. no. Uh... <laughs> this
2: is twisted. Who let this guy get away with this? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: sorry,
3: I can read this. This is safe. First, can you... <laughs> first, I want to copy her Trig homework. And then I want to make mad passionate love to her for hours and hours. Until she reluctantly asks if we can stop. Because she doesn't want to to (laughs) misspell (laughs) Stalkalactica.
0: A real human string those words together and formed a sentence.
1: (laughs) So I'm just saying, the movie Ready Player One may not be so bad, but Ernest Klein thought that was a good sentence.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is... I don't even know.
1: You are welcome. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, Google Jar Jar Binks lollipop.
2: Uh, I, I listened and I Googled and that was disgusting. You're welcome. Oh, that, yeah, <laughs> I don't like how it really just goes out like that. Really? Yeah, it's a lot.
3: If you're an intelligent woman who's interested in breaking into the adult film industry, and if you can tell me the name of Luke Skywalker's home uh. planet, then you are hired.
1: That's basic knowledge. That's Big Bang Theory shit.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm
3: amazed the last line of this is not like Bazinga. (laughs) 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 Jesus. I mean, there is a lot of stuff in this poem that I cannot read aloud. But um... oh, he has a collection of poetry called The Importance of Being Earnest, which is a fun Uh, play on his name. That is. Yeah, that's cute. Uh, 47 people have paid...
1: Eleven dollars sixty nine cents for this on Amazon. Sick, nice. <laughs> um. So no. that's my contribution to the podcast. Should we get back to the Bethesda news? Yeah yeah, yes. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna do this a little bit differently. Earlier this week, I put out on the Discord. I asked people to send in questions about this acquisition about Xbox. Uh, about pre-orders about the console or what it might be so we're kind of going to tie these questions into the topic section right now we won't be doing uh our normal uh uh, listener question segment but don't worry that'll come back we'll do that again i just really wanted to talk about the xbox stuff because it's pretty big Um, But the first question here is from Robert J. And it's, Callie, why don't you read this?
1: But the acquisition of Bethesda will this mean the end of the short-lived Bethesda launcher and moving their IP over to the Microsoft Store. Do you believe they will still hold their own press conferences and events or merge with Xbox?
3: Hmm. I hope they merge with
0: Xbox. I hope they do.
1: I think they'll
3: merge. I it's an old. Yeah.
0: The first thing I thought of when this happened, I like woke up, saw the news, and I was like, "It's one less press conference to cover at E3." <laughs> <laughs> well, I think
3: they'll we- still have QuakeCon. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah like I, I think they'll well. still have their own celebration, but I think press conference wise, makes sense to merge with the Xbox.
1: Um, You're already thinking about next year's E3. Oh my god. Um, it's, you know,
3: it's hard not to let me
1: going. The Bethesda launcher is interesting. I'm. Don't play a lot of Bethesda games on PC. I guess I played Skyrim on PC, but... Yeah, I don't
2: know. They gave away a free game, right? One of the Elder Scrolls on that thing? I think I so. Me- oh, remember okay. they had a promotion? That's the only reason I downloaded it, I think.
1: Oh. Um, on the Bethesda but- launcher?
2: Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I feel like, yeah, they would just move to the Microsoft Store and Game Pass um, yeah. like going forward. I feel like they'll
0: probably kill it. Because even before this happened, they... They put Fallout 76 somewhat recently on Steam because originally it was like a Bethesda launcher only deal, but they switched that. Uh, and, and I don't even think you need the Bethesda launcher to play Elder Scrolls Online. I think it's got its own separate launcher, which makes sense for an MMO. So I I, I, I feel like they'll just, you know, I, I feel like they'll just retire that thing. I think, I I think they as do. well,
3: just like a Bethesda section mm-hmm. of the Xbox What's it even called like the Xbox app on PC? I think that's I what it is. Xbox, Xbox Game
2: Store? Yeah. X-
3: oh, so I have Xbox Console Companion uh and then you just have like the Xbox app for Windows 10. Mm-hmm. Um oh, which is replacing the Console Companion. Yeah, I feel like it's just all gonna in what place? going to be. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. It's a Wednesday. The Xbox
2: app is still the Game Pass, right? Like that's all the same.
1: Yeah. So
3: like well, right though, I'm I looking at it
2: right now. App <laughs>
1: too. It's there's a what? there's a lot of apps and so I'm <laughs> hoping that the Bethesda one goes away so we can keep it because like you also have like play and the Origin launcher oh, yeah. like like if you're on the Origin is going like, away right Origin I think is going away but yeah like if you play games on PC you have like a million launchers so it would be nice to have one less one fewer Wait,
0: well is is Origin going away or are they just changing the name to EA Play oh yeah. shit yeah, yeah. oh
1: yeah
3: you're right because
2: but then, bought- but then
3: EA Play is a part of Game Pass
1: now.
2: Oh, yeah. What? So, so
1: that's <laughs> So anyway, I guess my answer is, I don't know, but I hope they get rid of the Bethesda yeah. one just so we can stay sane. Dope. Yep. Yeah.
0: Definitely. <laughs> uh, next question is from Gray Fox here. Lucy, do you want to read this one?
3: Yeah. 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 Um, much like Minecraft, Microsoft allowed Outer Worlds by Obsidian to be released multi-platform. Do you guys expect Microsoft will follow the same logic with the upcoming games from Bethesda? Would it make more sense to keep a big-selling game like Elder Scrolls VI in the Xbox ecosystem only? Also, here's an insane thought: Starfield becomes Halo Infinite. I have, I, I know, like we've been talking about this on Generation Next, which is up today. If you want to watch it, we obviously cover uh, the Bethesda stuff in detail, but like. I feel like Microsoft would be stupid to hold everything to be exclusive because if they're putting everything on Game Pass day one, that's great. They have all the people who are subscribed to Game Pass. They might have people who are buying on Xbox who don't have Game Pass. But then if you have all the money from people buying on other platforms too, then that's just extra money in their pocket.
1: Yeah, I like, guess it depends like what they think the best strategy is for maximizing profit like do like because a lot of these companies sell consoles at a loss and like like Sony will sell PlayStation consoles at a loss and then bank on the ex, like the first party exclusives to like recoup those losses so it i mean it depends on like what Microsoft's angle is with that but you also have like Microsoft being much more willing to do like PC like it's compatible with PC, I mean, because it's Microsoft. So, yeah.
3: But I think as well, Phil and Big Phil has been saying, like, you shouldn't be tied to where you want to play a game. Like, he seems to be all up for talking about, you know, they were the ones who wanted cross-platform play. It was always Sony who were the ones who didn't want that. The the question I'm more interested in is, like, will we ever see any Bethesda games on PlayStation Plus? Developers get a hefty chunk of change just for being on PlayStation Plus as i assume they do for being on game pass so i would be interested to see if anything like that would ever happen again but i fully anticipate either timed console exclusives if stuff is going to be on game pass day 1 but i don't think they would i don't think they would pull them from sony completely
2: yeah definitely when big phil said that yeah he wanted to have <laughs> he wanted to have other games available on a case by case basis to other consoles. I thought that was like super shady to say as an exec, I was like, Oh my gosh. Like it it just felt like Microsoft realized that they lost the exclusive war. um, And they're just like going straight for the jugular with like going and acquiring like all these studios and like getting the upper hand, just like not, not going for the exclusives, just being like, let's just see who makes the games and get them all under our, our control. Um, which is nice because that means I guess more people are gonna be able to play more games for less because it's gonna be on Game Pass and easily available. But like, it also makes me worried because I don't want Microsoft to like have such like a monopoly in the industry um, because like that can get negative very quickly. Mm. Um, like I was scrolling through Disney Plus the other day watching uh, That's a Raven and I was just like scrolling like damn like Disney has a lot of movies and I just like realized they have everything and I I was just like felt so uncomfortable realizing like one company owning so many uh different IP and different like sub companies that are making content is uh a thought that I just don't really like and I feel like that'll stunt creativity and also just I, I don't know prevent weirdness and the stuff that I don't know video games excel at doing and being absurd
1: yeah, that's such a good point. Like the consolidation of media is definitely a concern. I mean, America is basically just four large companies that own every company. Um, that's terrifying. By the way, if you look at that flow chart, it's terrifying. I realized it was quite so pronounced. It's it's really there's there's really just like four corporations. Um, so, i I do think like the consolidation of media properties is something to be wary of at least i think in this case like there are positives like you said with game pass um it seems like this is like a good collaborative opportunity for them but um i mean the the, it's the netflix model of like you stream this you pay a subscription fee rather than a an individual fee for the content and then you make up like that that benefits xbox in the long run because there there are people who are going to be paying that subscription fee and then maybe not like they wouldn't be buying those games otherwise, and th- you know, there's there's a lot of benefits to it for Xbox and for Microsoft. Um, but I agree with you that it's it's kind of a lot. It's mm-hmm. a lot of like consolidation is a little a little intimidating.
0: Well, I think something to consider too is that because of Game Pass, at least not not all of these developers are necessarily barred to what like the market wants, what they think the market wants. Right. Like that's one thing with Sony games that I feel like you can kind of criticize a little bit is that a lot of their games do follow that same formula that last of us kind of set back in the day, like these single player focused, like over the shoulder games where you've got a companion and it's like heavily story focused, which are great. Those are some of my favorite games, but I, I, but they do that because those sell really well and they have to do that because they sell really well, right? While with Game Pass, they don't necessarily need to make games that sell well because Microsoft isn't trying to sell these games, right? Bethesda, they're not trying to like get Bethesda to make games that sell a lot. They just want Bethesda to make games to populate Game Pass and to like increase that value. So that is something that does excite me about this. It like it gives me hope for things like like Dishonored uh or prey or games that don't particularly sell that well but i personally love that are critically like incredibly well received but never sell that well because like immersive sims just aren't that interesting to most folks out there but because of this at least the hope is that bethesda won't need to be concerned with these games selling a lot and they can just make these games and microsoft can be like hey It's there on Game Pass day one. You can play it if you're interested. If not, there's a bunch of other games you can check out. But it also just like puts those games in more people's hands too, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like I think the ability for people to play games like Dishonored or Prey are like for like a very small entry fee is is pretty good because. You know, you go to a store, right? Your, your average gamer goes to the store and it's like, all right, well, I'm going to get a Call of Duty game because I know Call of Duty is good and games are expensive and games are getting more expensive. But with this, it kind of it, it, like, I feel like more of these games that people missed will get played. Yeah.
3: That's what Todd was saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what Todd said in the uh, the interview with Major Nelson. He was like, yeah, like this is something that could hopefully just increase creativity because no one's worried about, like, minimum amounts of units to push and all that kind of stuff and sales expectations. So one thing I will say as well is, like, I don't think they will... They, they've, they've made a really clever play because if these games do come out on Sony uh, platforms, all of the marketing is still going to have Xbox slapped all over it. So
0: mm-hmm. And they're going to be $70 too. Yeah, yeah but oh. it's like
3: ev- no, no, everything <laughs> is going to be, like, it's going to be unconscious that like you see on every bethesda game you're gonna see xbox 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 you assume that xbox is the best place to play it regardless if you have a playstation or not like such a clever ploy from them totally such a good get
0: and like 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 that's like uh foggy bear who listens to the show responded to me uh one, one of my tweets and was like saying i think the play here is that with the price of games going up, like maybe there's a timed exclusivity and then they release it on Sony for $70 and people see that and like, man games are $70 now, or I could get an Xbox subscribe to game pass and just play all this stuff, not for free, but for considerably cheaper. Um, So I think that like kind of markets itself a little bit, right?
1: Yeah. And you factor in like the series S is such an affordable option, um, which is like super compatible with game pass too, because you know, you can go totally discless um i mean yeah like i i think there's you there's criticisms and benefits to the approach for sure and i i'm excited because like i currently don't have a game pass subscription because my xbox is like ancient and creaky and like well not ancient it's, it's an xbox one x but like i mean no no not a one x it's just a regular one i see the thing is i really struggle. A regular with old boy Re- the really original s- xbox <laughs> one original xbox one but um I am really excited about getting into game pass and trying that out. I mean, it's really great for our jobs, right? because we, we have a lot of yes. games that we want to try and, you know, people who are passionate about games, like we we go into game of the year and you want to have tried a lot of the games that people are discussing. And so that, I mean, for us, it's like a benefit in that way, but also it's just a benefit. If you're like, you know what, this looks sort of interesting. I'm going to try it and see if I like it. Um, I think that's a, like a huge draw of game pass and a really good play on their part. So I'm hoping that yeah. it results in more creativity. Like that's the best case scenario, and I, I think it very well could.
2: It's funny because I don't, recently online it feels like people are realizing that games writers have to pay for things like consoles and games. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've just seen so many people be like, "You guys are paying for this." Um, yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I, we are. Um, but yeah, the, the Game Pass has helped me stay up to date as like a freelancer. So. Often, like with classics and with new titles for a fraction of what I would have had to pay before. Like Crusader Kings 3, Tell Me Why, just like straight up launched on that. Um, And those are two like big games that I probably would have skipped out on if they weren't just available to me with the pass. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, yeah, it does, Jake, as you were saying earlier, like highlight some of the games that people wouldn't have seen otherwise. Like I remember playing like Scourgebringer. I don't know if you guys have tried that one and Blazing Chrome, like just Mm -hmm. two indies on there that like, So fun. I was just surprised. Like I clicked the randomize, like just like pick a random game for me option on the game pass. And it just like popped up and I was like, oh, this looks cool. Uh, I never had that.
1: That's super cool.
2: It is great. And like, I don't know, I feel like I've always wanted that feature on on Steam or something. Like when I look at my library, I'm like, I don't even know what I want to play. Just tell me what to play. And I I click the randomize button. (laughs) Uh, But moving on,
0: next question is from Jacob McCourt. He says, following Gray Fox's question, what's your dream mashup that can now happen because of Bethesda acquisition, i.e. Fallout New Vegas 2 by Obsidian, which was something that kind of went viral on Twitter. Someone tweeted at Obsidian saying, like, does this mean Fallout New Vegas 2? And they responded with that, like, little shrug, (laughs) uh, little text dude or whatever. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, right? Flash
1: shrug in uh, In in Slack. (laughs) Backslash, or forward slash shrug, yes.
0: Sure, yeah, that one.
1: <laughs> hmm. um, I mean, that's like the obvious one. I, I'm having a hard time thinking of anything else that's like now possible except like Master, Master Chief. Two. in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Send him down.
1: <laughs> uh, the
3: money to make Dishonored 3. Mm. That's all I want. Uh any kind of mashup between like Xbox and Bethesda? Hmm. I mean New Vegas 2 is a good one.
1: Uh... Master Chief in Elder Scrolls. Chief <laughs> like in Starfield. <laughs> I
3: would I wonder if there like... would be any kind of fable Elder Scrolls. Like there would be references, maybe that would be quite cool. Um
0: God, How about know. Forza horse-drawn carriage sport? And it would just be like Skyrim. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's my idea. And it starts out every time with the uh, waking up in the back oh, of the car. Oh, you're awake. And-
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were crossing the border, right? <laughs> um,
2: that could be very good.
1: I I'm into. I mean, the, they'll put Skyrim on and in anything. So. You know, it's not totally out of the question. Mm-hmm. Have they said if it's coming to Series X or not?
2: They can't keep announcing that game.
1: Like
0: if it's
3: on Game Pass, then I guess it technically is. Yeah. Didn't
0: didn't like a leak, Didn't it like an enhanced version leak or something like that? I wouldn't be surprised if they do something. Uh, There's already a special edition. I know <laughs> the special en- Skyrim, Elder Scrolls Five, Skyrim the special enhanced edition, <laughs> even more water shaders put them yeah. on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I I wouldn't rule it out, no.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. Overall though, I think I'm kinda with Lucy. I, I'm more just like excited to see or hoping to see like Dishonored Three, Prey Two, things that may have not really been a thing because they weren't huge financial successes, get like a second chance Play
3: or a third chance Dishonored in Dishonored Two. States. Play Dishonored
2: Two. I never played those gives Dishonored. <gasps> I should pick should. Should it You after. should like very good.
3: boot up Game Pass. They are fantastic.
2: Oh, oh, they're on Game Pass right now?
3: I think they, or at least they will be coming.
2: Okay. I mean, like, open my Game, Game
1: Pass app. My brother's been <laughs> replaying. My brother like replays games a lot. And he's been doing mm-hmm. Dishonored. And I was like, that's cool. Did you do like a no-kill run? He was like, oh, I did a no-kill ghost run. Yeah. Oh, no was, powers
0: it's no-kill thing.
1: Like you don't you don't kill anyone and you don't get detected at all.
2: So you're just walking around?
1: (laughs) My brother is like really, really hardcore and really good at video games. And so I'm like he's I'm like, oh, is that really hard? And he's like, Oh that's fine. (laughs)
2: Like,
1: oh cool. Okay, cool. I guess I'll play it and be frustrated and
3: try. Dishonored two is on Game Pass.
2: Oh, okay. I'm just excited for more Wolfenstein. Like that's one of my yeah. favorite Bethesda IPs. And I'm like, you just try anything else. Like Youngblood was very cool. So I'd like them to try like more weird spinoffs with uh, Billy.
1: I'm um, really yeah. banking on this because they've confirmed that like this new Wolfenstein isn't going to be a trilogy. And so I'm like, well, the next game inevitably we're going to be killing Hitler. And I am just really excited.
2: For oh, my that. God. Yeah. Let's go. Right. That's good. <laughs>
0: Uh, to go hand-in-hand hand with that, the Xbox pre-orders were also a big story. Uh, they were supposed to be a little bit more planned than the Sony ones, or the PlayStation 5 ones, which I guess they were. But I don't know. I found them just as confusing and frustrating. Uh, I, what, what, did, what did you guys think? Like Lucy, I know you were trying to pre-order both, correct? Like, Which one did you find easier?
3: Um... I found, so I managed to get a, like, both one of each PlayStation and um, one of them I think I'm giving to, well, Kurt's going to buy from me because he didn't manage to get one. And I got uh, Series X. Series X um, was, I would say, I think Series X took longer, but that was because the websites were running really, really slowly. And there was one point where... Amazon didn't go live. So of the three that I bought, my disc PlayStation 5, I got from Amazon, easiest one, because I had tweet notifications turned on for Wario, and as soon as he said, okay, it's live on Amazon, I just went in and bought it. Um, Go to account,
2: amazing account.
3: Yeah, so good. (laughs) Uh, And then Series X was probably the, the next easiest because I just went Microsoft Store. Because uh, Amazon weren't live when they were supposed to be. So I just went Microsoft Store and it was fine. It just like the, the website ran really, really, really slowly. Um, but overall, it took me about 20 minutes to get one. Uh, and then the other one that I got from Walmart, the digital version, was annoying because Walmart just like the website totally shit the bed. Um so I, yeah, I am aware that I was very, very lucky with my pre orders. A lot of people did not have the same success. Like, but also at the same time looking at NVIDIA's stuff right now. Ugh, it's just been a big couple of weeks and a lot of people are being disappointed by that we just need to figure out. Like I know unprecedented times, but there has to be a
1: better there has to be a better way. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't manage to get anything. Um, oh, really? Mm-hmm. I couldn't get anything. I tried Target for So for the Series X, I got up at 7.45 a.m., which is not a time that I'm usually awake because I fall asleep at like 3 or 4 a.m. against my own will and yeah so i was like i had gotten like four hours of sleep i'm like okay i gotta just do this and i was like trying to like really trying to focus and so i'm like on target's website and the thing with target was you would put it in your cart and so i successfully got one in my cart and then target was like you need an account and i was like okay shit so like i made Uh, an account and and then i at every subsequent time it would just disappear from my cart then i tried uh the Microsoft store, the button wouldn't work. I tried Amazon, it wasn't live. So I kept refreshing it and I was waiting for Wario's tweet about Amazon being live. But the thing that Amazon did really poorly, which um, Matt Paget, our tech commerce editor, pointed out on Twitter, uh, Amazon, if you searched Xbox Series X, you were served an Xbox One X. Like that was the result that came up. So it was really frustrating because I was like trying to get to the Series X landing page, which like Microsoft had their own, page, um, with all the details and it just wouldn't, it just didn't work. And Amazon just kept giving me, it gave me a one X and PS fours. so Amazon like really screwed up on getting people to go to the correct thing. And I know that there was like a story about one X sales going up during the pre-order period on Amazon and people were kind of saying like it might have been bots that weren't programmed correctly buying one X's instead of series X's but it also could have just been people getting served the wrong thing um so that was frustrating and so I just ap- after an hour I gave up and I was like well this is a thing I need for my job but I'll just hope that somebody else got enough pre-orders and then uh it turns out that chris pereira got like four of everything me <laughs> like we call chris pereira the, the, he we call him the meme collector mm-hmm. but
3: i think he's just like a, a general collector of he just ha- he's incredibly skilled at getting pre-orders and apparently
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah i yeah. i had no luck i managed to get a ps5 just because someone tweeted like hey they're back up on target and i was like okay and then i like just Clicked on the link and ordered one. No problem at all. Series X though, I woke up early, had like, had my had my Best Buy page open, had my Target, Microsoft, had everything open. Every single one failed me. I was right there too. Like with Target, it, I'd get it in the cart and then I'd hit checkout and it'd be like, there's nothing here. And yeah. I'd be like, oh, there is something there. You. <laughs> uh, and the Microsoft store just wouldn't load. Like I'd mm-hmm. click on to like pre-order and it would just give me a 503 error or whatever. Uh, Best Buy kept saying coming soon because Microsoft didn't mention that like they're kind of staggered, so they weren't just all going to be at eight a.m. somewhere later. So I think at nine the Best Buy one went live, and I saw it go from coming soon to available for pre-order. Clicked it, put it in my thing, went to check out, and and then I got a thing saying we've removed this item from your cart because uh, we don't have any. And I was like, Are you like I literally watched it. Like, how could anyone <laughs> have been faster than me? They took but it you, from your cart. I know. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Wait, what's oh. it? Hang on, let me. Let me. What's the Microsoft store? Is it just saying all sold out now?
0: Yeah, it's saying Still? all sold out now. Yeah. Um, I've been checking throughout the day. I should probably just get notifications for Wario 64's yeah. tweets for that. net. That goes back up.
1: And it blows my uh, mind I did get that the Walmart site doesn't work considering that they're like the richest family ever. Like, couldn't oh, you go yeah. for a better website? But I, did I didn't that. even
0: try Walmart because I'm like, fuck Walmart. I don't I Walmart. A in there. <laughs> I
1: was like, fuck y'all, I tried Amazon for some reason, but. I like, you know, I pick and choose for some reason, but I, I just hate Walmart, so I don't even try. <laughs> mm.
0: uh, but I, I did manage to get a Series S uh, once again. Khalif Adams, friend of the show, tweeted like, "You can get a Series S still." Uh, So I was like, okay, on the Xbox store. So I went to the Xbox store. It took about five or six tries. And then finally it was like, your order is on the way. So I have a Series S coming, but uh, I don't think I'll keep it because I want an X and I have a PC. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't don't know. I don't know what to do with it.
1: This is very (laughs) much like... I mean, when when the Switch launched, like, a lot of people had pre-orders and then, like, would pre-order multiple and then, like, at least for GameSpot, just be like, oh, I'll sell you the second one I pre-ordered. And Mm -hmm. that's how I got my Switch is I bought it off of somebody. And I think that's going to end up being the case for me with the Series X and the PS5 is probably just getting it off the master of pre-ordering, Chris Pereira.
0: Uh, yeah <laughs> the, the switch was scarier so. though because it was uh, scary not scary but it was more like uh worrying because nintendo doesn't like to like nintendo kind of limits the stock just to create that demand like that artificial oh, no. demand which a great
3: point in console wars actually yeah. I'm, gonna talk about that. I'm gonna
0: watch that after yeah, you yeah should, but, you. Good. Uh, but but i feel like i feel like xboxes will probably be available when they maybe not right when they launch, but I bet if you give it like a week or two, a couple of weeks, you'll probably be able to pick one up. Um, at least I, I think that's what happened with the Xbox One X. Maybe it oh didn't. Maybe I'm um, maybe I'm um, rewriting
3: history yeah. <laughs> make yourself feel better.
0: We do have another question here from Jacob McCourt How would you solve the pre order problem, Hunger Games, but for pre orders? I was thinking about this even before the question was submitted. So I pulled it, because I was like, yeah, we should talk about this. Do you guys have any ideas?
3: Hmm. I feel like certainly they should maybe do a bit more market research and try and get a better idea about how many people want. I think, like, I I, I saw GameStop were doing,
1: um, like, lines. Mm -hmm.
0: Which didn't work for me.
1: Which didn't work. (laughs) Which works for concert tickets, but apparently not Xboxes.
3: Yeah. Um I don't know, maybe pre polling mm-hmm. people, giving out I don't know, making sure they're real people and not bots. Well,
2: I feel like it. there's just too many bots though. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. right now, like I, I, I don't see a, w- a way that sites could like fight against that really. Like people are so good at scamming and flipping these consoles, like from day one. I don't know.
1: Let me look at eBay. What we did you manage to get or were you trying to get either?
2: Oh, no. I was playing Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I I have a PC right now. And for what I'm doing, I feel like I'm fine playing most of my games on PC right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a, it's a lot of money to spend, yeah. to- to- like to put on hold like to put a thousand dollars if you're gonna get both of them just like okay that thousand dollars is no longer available to me is a lot for sure
0: um yeah yeah, especially too like when you consider like the only game that you won't really be able to play is is demon souls like across all of because that one is a ps5 exclusive like everything and and well godfall's not
2: launched though is it
1: yeah godfall's a launch
2: title i don't think it is
1: is it not Good. I, I think
2: I remember seeing uh Miles Morales and Demon Souls, Miles yeah, Morales, but you, Miles Morales is for PS4 too. That's
1: cross gen.
0: Oh, what? Oh, I'm chilling. I'm absolutely, yeah. Fine. And like, obviously, all the Xbox games can be played on whatever you want. Uh, so, so like, I feel like right now the only real reason is if you really want to play Demon's Souls, which I do. <laughs> it looks too scary for
2: me. There's, I don't know.
1: There's a couple, like, there's the there's a pack-in for PS5, which is Astro's Playroom. There's, like, Sackboy, a mm. big adventure. Sackboy's
2: Adventure.
1: Sackboy's Adventure.
0: Sackboy's Adventure, which is also for PS4, too, I think.
1: Yeah, well, um, Godfall. Called. Godfall just says... Ho- oh, no, Godfall is November 12th.
3: Yeah.
0: That's oh, it is. Yep. Okay.
1: See, I, I was, like, really scared for a moment because I'm, you know, being the reviews editor, I'm, like, the person who's looking at this list trying to be, like, okay, who are my were my people who can review this and i was like if godfall isn't a launch title and i've been planning around godfall i'm, going to, die. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to die um yeah i you know thinking about going back to the question thinking about like concert tickets for example back when we in the days where we could go to concerts and we were in the office when the uh, mcr tickets went up for the oh the, yeah the that was
3: that was stressful
1: there were like ten people in the Gamespot office, like on Ticketmaster, and we were all on our phones because Ticketmaster is blocked in the Gamespot office. And we wow. were like, "Yeah, it's pretty some pretty strict stuff with that." So we were like on our phones, like I'm in the line to buy my Chemical Romance tickets. How many should I get? Like, what section am I looking at? And like, you're in a queue, and the thing is. Like, it sounds like GameStop tried to do that But then like it didn't work And like I thought the point of pre-ordering Or pre-ordering a console was To tell the the manufacturer Essentially how many People wanted to buy So
0: it's just, I think initially yeah But yeah. now because like these pre-orders are opening up Two months before they come out it's like
3: When did I mean like When did PS4 pre-orders open And Xbox One pre-orders open I feel like
0: much earlier but maybe not
3: but uh, also, if you really want to depress yourself, go look on eBay for Xbox Series X. Oh God! How much are they? Get.
1: When did when did PS4 pre order open? Hang on. I don't remember because at the time I wasn't full time at a site, so I didn't. I wasn't like I need to get this day one. So I yeah,
2: couldn't. I didn't get it. I didn't pre order yeah. either. Yeah.
0: Feels so um, weird this
2: know. uh new generation coming out. I'm like, what? My PS4 is still here working. Like yeah. <laughs> it feels so uh quick.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: I worked at EV Games during the Switch's launch, and that was hell. God. I was like so oh, many you know, such a limited supply, so many angry people, and I felt like just in the core of a, a console launch. But right now I feel so removed. I guess just coronavirus and like being trapped inside and Not, I guess, not really having to buy it for work, at least right now. Um, It seems interesting to, like, I don't know, take a step back and, like, just look at everything. And, I don't know, scrambling for consoles seems so stressful. Like, like, being on that site, especially when it's a part of your job, like, being like, please refresh. Uh,
3: So, (laughs) PS4 pre-orders in 2013 went live on June 10th. Okay. I I yeah, out about movie. In the end of November, Xbox One pre-order. It's a while. 2013
1: was. Uh, yeah, June 10th. Okay, so we're working with a very different situation, which does not yeah, help.
0: Shorter timeline. Yeah.
1: So I guess maybe to answer, it was Jacob McCourt. Yeah. Wholesome Jacob's mm-hmm. question. Um, it, it seems like it's less of a solving this problem and a more of a problem was created by the situation, and maybe yeah. there wasn't a lot to work with because.
0: That's
1: some bunk, I think yeah,
0: yeah, I will say, like target, Walmart, all that you got a lot of money, fix your sites, like
1: good, yeah. come on,
0: like I it like just tell me I'm not gonna get it like, oh, out of stock, cool, that's fine, don't keep putting it in my fucking cart and telling me I have it yeah, so. until I go check out and you're like, no, not there, like just <laughs> just make it clear, please like I don't like I don't want to spend an hour and a half on your website trying to get a box like
1: If any CEOs are listening, cut your own salary and put it into website development. Yes, and give everyone
2: who writes about games free consoles. Please, (laughs) God. For
1: the love of God. Um, Yeah. God, do you guys remember the Wii, though, when the Wii launched? And it was like there was a run on every store. I think my dad drove like three hours to go buy it. Whoa. Whoa. Shout yeah. out to your dad though. Shout out to my dad. My dad did work like two hours from our house. So I think it was like a round trip deal. Yeah. But um, that was like a classic Nintendo, like one per customer and there's only 10 in the store. <laughs> like yeah. just...
0: some shit. Oh. Well, anyway, that's been episode 60 of GameSpot After Dark. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you all for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, please email us Email us at afterdarkpodcast@gamespot.com at Like I said, we didn't really do a listener questions section this week, but that will come back next week. Uh, we just wanted to talk more about the Xbox acquisition, pre-orders and whatnot. Uh, but with that said, Callie, where can people find you on Twitter?
1: You can find me on Twitter at InkyDojiko. I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. Yes, I want to change it. No, I don't know what I would do. Um... <laughs> I, you know, as usual, I'm just managing all the reviews that go up on the website. So if you want to support that, go ahead and look at those reviews. We review a lot of games here, a lot of indie games, too. So um, really running the gamut. Obviously, uh, recent ones include Mafia Definitive Edition. Um, You'll see like Hades. If you haven't read our Hades review, it's fantastic. Definitely check that one out. Um, And we have video versions of a lot of the reviews as well, coordinated by Jake. Lucy, how about you? I'm on Twitter at Lucy James
3: Games. And uh, Generation Next this week, uh, we're calling it The Week That Changed Xbox because it's been a pretty huge week. Uh, so doing that and then, um, yeah, pre-planning. Pre-planning, a lot of planning, a lot of dashboards, mm-hmm. a lot of writing. But it's good.
2: And how about you, Funke? Uh yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at FunkeFly, F U N K E F L Y. Uh yeah, I'm working on a couple of cool articles and videos. I'm trying out some stuff uh soon, so check out check out for those. Uh yeah, and also check out the reviews section. Callie's such a good editor. <laughs> And Jake, I didn't even know that you were the one editing my like video reviews in the past. It's Some very, of them. Yeah, a couple of them, but that's that's very cool to, to meet y'all uh, over voice and, and talk about games. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks, thanks for joining thanks so for us. Joining. Uh,
0: and then for me, you can find me at Jacob Deck, and then this week is the Mafia review. I cut that, uh, so check that out. And then also, Cyberpunk coverage doesn't stop, never stops Saturday. We got another video about gangs, In the following week, we have another video about the districts of Night City. I'm not working on either of those. It's Jean-Luc on the gangs and Jess on the districts. So that's why I didn't know exactly what they were. But they are going to be very good. So make sure to check those out. And yeah, that's it. We'll see see y'all next week. Shout out to Big Phil.
2: (laughs) Thanks, y'all. Later, gamers. Big Phil, if you're listening, we love you.